0: Alright, would you turn your Bibles to Hosea chapter 3 verse 1? Hosea chapter 3 verse 1. This is the prophet. Hosea was the prophet that the Lord instructed to marry a prostitute. And she continued her prostitution while she was married to Hosea. It's an interesting story. Here's chapter 3, verse 1. Then the Lord said to me, Go and get your wife again. Bring her back to you and love her, even though she loves adultery. For the Lord still loves Israel, even though The people have turned to other gods, offering them choice gifts. While you're thinking about that, I want to share a quick story with you about Shun Fujimoto. He was at the 1976 Olympics in Montreal, and he was a Japanese gymnast there and in the team competition during the floor exercises he broke his right knee and everyone who was there knowing sports at all knew that that was the end of his competition however they didn't know about uh, Shun because he had determined to be a real competitor so on the following day It was his strongest event, which was the rings. And I don't know if you've watched Olympics, but they that's where they hang on ropes from rings, and they do all kinds of things that you think human beings couldn't do. And he began and had an excellent routine. However, the critical point lay ahead, and it was his dismount. That's where he comes off the rings and comes to the floor, a, period, a space of about eight or nine feet drop. And uh, he ended with a twisting triple somersault. and there was intense quiet as he landed on this, these, this leg these, these uh, wounded legs, the one with the impacted knee or the wounded knee and the impact came. And there was a moment of silence and then thundering applause broke out because he stood his ground. And later the reporters asked him something, and this is the part I want you to especially pay attention to. They asked him about the moment of dismount and how it affected him. And he said, the pain shot through me like a knife and it brought tears to my eyes. He said, but now I have a gold medal and the pain is gone. (laughs) Now, God uses troubles and pain and waiting to improve our relationship with Him. And He also uses troubles and pain and waiting to remind us to work for His glory. And He also... Uses trouble and pain and waiting to remind us to use what we have for Him and to remember what we have in Him. Troubles and pain and waiting are a difficult necessity for human beings and God's intention in them is to return our attention to Him. In fact, If that doesn't work, He'll use any means necessary to return our attention to Him. God is capable of and does sometimes take everything away that distracts us from Him. C.S. Lewis wrote this. She said, he said, it's a man, Let God but sheathe the sword of troubles and pain for a minute. And I behave like a puppy when the hated bath is over. The hated bath. I shake myself as dry as I can and race off to reacquire my comfortable dirtiness. If not in the nearest manure heap, at least in the nearest flower bed. If you've had a puppy, you know... (laughs) that if there's manure around thank you they choose the manure I don't know if any of you have experienced that we used to have a dog when we were in Wyoming we took him camping with us we caught a bunch of fish and we were taking them back and the dog discovered that we were in an area that the cows used as pasture and he sought out the freshest newest pile and he rubbed it right down to his skin and we chose to put him in an ice cold creek and wash him and he got out and sniffed himself and said you didn't get it all ha 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 and we took my wife's uh, what do you call that that stuff that's in a little thing and it's real perfumey but it's kind of creamy we rubbed it all over the dog and so then the dog smelled like manure and perfume. <laughs> so we put the dog in the back seat with the kids and he proceeded to anoint all of the seats with his special attributes. It was incredible. <laughs> C.S. Lewis continues, That's why my tribulations cannot cease until God either sees us remade or sees that our remaking is hopeless. Watching and waiting are a difficult necessity because they prepare us for God's kingdom. Watching and waiting means preparation. It means preparation God's kingdom being prepared means that we make preparations for his return within us and we work for him to increase his glory now the Bible talks about unprepared servants and their dark experiences he talks about them in a very shattering way Matthew eight twelve says, But the sons of the kingdom, the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And then another verse in chapter 25 of Matthew says, Therefore take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For everyone who has more will be given. And he will have an abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. But listen to this. And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Unprepared servants lose their blessing. It's our privilege to work for the Lord. He is the master of the universe. He is the eternal one. And if we do not fulfill our responsibility, the Bible makes it clear, it will be taken from us and given to somebody who will get it done. But this outer darkness thing, this unpreparedness that servants have to go into, this outer darkness, that bothers me. Now, outer darkness is often thought of as hell. However, in this case, it doesn't. Mean hell at the beginning. It can mean hell, but it doesn't mean it at the beginning. Here's what it does mean at the beginning. It means to be taken away from the Lord's presence. Now this is not a place of joy. It's not a place where we would like to be. It's a place of regret and weeping and frustration and fuming. And the Bible makes it clear that servants, that is Christians, who don't do what they're supposed to do for the Lord, are going to have some dark experiences. One of the most important things is, it's a place where we're insulated from the voice of God. It isn't that God isn't there. It isn't that God doesn't want to minister to us. It's that we do not allow it. Because of our attitudes. Unprofitable thinking is chiefly this in human beings. What I have is mine. And I intend to sit on the can and not let you have it. You know, can what you get and sit on the can. Oh, anyway. Now, it goes like this. It's mine and I can use it just as I please and I will. And it also means that I can do what I want with it, or not do what I want with it, and it's none of your business. God, none of your business either. Do I never think like that? Oh, now be, come on, come on. One of the most common sins that professing Christians, these are people that say I'm a Christian, one of the most common problems that they have is called slothfulness or lethargy or not doing things for the Lord. Or if they do something for God, it's done on their timetable and it's done in their way, it's done when they please. The the men, women, and the teenagers who do this, and by the way, children do this too, but they are somewhat innocent because they don't know what the consequences are. But nevertheless, men, women, and teenagers who do this are deceiving themselves. They think they're okay. They rationalize their priorities as being their comfort and their ease, And they really minimize the value of the gifts that God has given them. And as a result, they don't accomplish anything really for themselves. And they don't accomplish anything for others. They are actually not giving back anything. And because they overestimate the value of their ideas and their plans, the Bible says they are building wood, hay, and stubble. And by the way, if you've checked out the the earthquakes in, what was it? Where was it? Pakistan? They built beautiful concrete buildings, but they didn't build them right. And when the earthquake hit, they came down. Uh, Some were built better than others, and they didn't come down. You see, there's a difference between doing it right and doing it your way. If you do it the way the code says, you buildings stand, your buildings will stand up. If you do it the way God says, you'll stand up. Bruce Waltke's daughter made a trip to the doctor, and she had strep throat, and it meant that she had to get the long needle. You know, back when I was a kid, the needles weren't you know so nice; they were that long and had that much of silver reservoir on him and a plunger that stuck out that far and the doctor came like this and went, ah! Bam! That's the way I felt, anyway. Well, this little girl was fighting and she said, no, daddy! No, daddy! No, daddy! And she hung on his neck and she gripped her dad tightly and she was so afraid and Troubles and pain and waiting ought to make us more like the frightened child and hug the neck of daddy than to be like the dog who bites the veterinarian when it tries to help him. Now, inactive righteousness is unacceptable because it's just about the same thing as active wickedness. And It is called, by the Bible, sin. Christians who do that are sinning. And indulging in your comforts and neglecting that which is good for your soul and the kingdom of God is just like stealing from those you should have ministered to. And being unprofitable is labeled... Being evil. You say, well, I don't have a lot of talents. Well, I'm gonna to get to you in a little bit. Because just because you got a little bit doesn't mean you got, can't, wait a minute, doesn't mean you don't have to use what you got. You got to use what you've got. In fact, the parable of the talent says that He doesn't allow any of His servants, even one talented servant, and now the fact that the Bible says some have one talent and some have ten, means some don't have as many talents as others. Aren't you glad to know that? I was glad to know that. And let me tell you that He doesn't allow anybody to be idle or self-directed, Or doing their own thing. The, the servant who went and hid the one coin he had thought he was, he thought that the, the master was going to say, good job. You know what the master said? Bad job. Give it to me. You can't have it. I'm going to give it to somebody else. That's what he said. Now we receive from Christ in order to give back to others. In fact, when you start doing that, it becomes like Oh, I've got to do it. But you, you know, once you get started, it, it becomes a thing where you just got to do that. Profitable servants do use their initiative and imagination to accomplish what the Lord directs. But notice that it's always using their initiative and their imagination to do what He directs. Not knowing it without Him, but receiving from Him direction and then doing that which He places within us to do. Did you know that your imagination and your initiative comes from God? It does. You say, well, I sure am glad I get to do it. Of course, because when you do what God wants you to do, you get that sensation of God saying, good job. Bible tells us that saints and sinners are going to be evaluated. Did you know that saints are going to stand before the the throne of God? <laughs> yeah, it says that. It doesn't say that you're going to be cast into hell. You're already a Christian. But you're going to God's going to say, play video Nathan Burns 19 19- Ninety forty two to 2005 will you play that please and then we'll all sit there and watch what I didn't do and what I did do and God will say that's under the blood that's under the blood that's under the blood but that is a problem and I don't really know what he's going to do reduce the size of my rubies or something I don't know I don't know what God's going to do about that, but the Bible says clearly that He's going to look at what we've done. And the real indication is that right here on earth, when I don't do what He says that I should do, I'm going to enter into darkness. And I'm going to learn, because I don't like darkness, that the next time I better do what I'm supposed to do. You know, forgive me, oh, I'm not talking about that at all. I'm talking about the fact that it's not a pleasant place to be. Christians who try to live on the margin are choosing pain. I used to, this is back before I really started growing in Christ, I used to say, I don't want to tell anybody about Jesus, I don't want them to be as miserable as I am. I really said it and I really believed it. Because I knew it was not a happy state. Then I began growing in Christ and found out how to get joy. You know, I mean, it comes with doing what God tells you to do, you know, not trying to do it yourself. I was a self-righteous puppy. You ever get that clue, me? And then there are people who believe it's impossible to please God. I just can't please him. And then there are some who can who have convinced themselves that it's futile to try to serve him because it never really works. And they really end up doing nothing for the Lord and never discovering the joy of the Lord because they they don't live where the joy is. They live where the darkness is, reserved for Christians who don't do anything. God. Now they will complain, you've heard them complain, that God requires more of them than they are capable of. Now, if you stop and look at that logically, which is not biblically, but just logically, if you stop and think about it, who created you? Oh, answer's easy. Who gave you the ability to do what you do? Well, God, you yeah. know. And who, uh, enabled you not to die in that car wreck last year and the fact that you're still alive? Well, God. And you got the, you got the gall to say it's impossible to please somebody who knows you absolutely? How dumb. What a dumb, unintelligent statement. And we make another one when we say that uh This is the way it's supposed to be. I'm supposed to be miserable. Have you read the book? Hey! Have you read the book? That's not what it says! It does say miserable comes along with not doing what you're supposed to do. It does say that. So if you're miserable, then maybe you should find... If you're a Christian... You should maybe look at God or you tell me to do something I'm not supposed to do. Have I been saying no I don't want to do that so long I forgot what it was? Tell me again. You better not say no again when he tells you again because he will tell you. Now, these people grumble that they're just not comfortable being an ambassador for God in this nasty old world. And they grouse that God punishes me and I can't help it. And the Bible says you can if you'll just trust Jesus. He'll help you to help it and you just don't have any excuse. So you better not grumble because God says that ain't so. Now, rewards are reserved for those who fulfill their assigned responsibility. Darkness is reserved for sluggish Christians. Now, there's another outer darkness that has to do with hell, but I'm not talking about that. It's reserved for sluggish Christians who insist on doing life their way. Now, look. It's like the guy who says, I can run the stoplight if I want to. Of course you can. But you can also kill somebody when they come through the light the other way. You can also get a ticket. Outer darkness is a place of stumbling without light. You see, because you say you're not going to do what God says to do, you don't get the light to see where you're supposed to go. Because that light only shines when you're doing what He says to do. And it's also a place, and this is just, I just think this is terrible, where we're insulated from God's voice. Now don't misunderstand me, there's times when God doesn't speak, just... Because he wants you to know that he's there whether he speaks or not. I'm not talking about those wonderful times of growing in Christ. I'm talking about the fact that you're being so rebellious that God just isn't able to get through your brain. He's talking and you've got a shield up and you're not listening. I just got some walkie-talkies so I could stay in touch with Mildred when I'm not with her. And... And I I found out something. If you don't turn them up, you can't hear nothing. (laughs) And you can just go, God, turn them down. And that happens because you do what you want to do the way you want to do it, when you want to do it, and you don't want to do what God says to do anyway. Well, people, and anybody else who wants to choose their own direction are going to stumble around in deep darkness and the problem is is so many of us stumble around and I do it too we stumble around and we don't even know why however if you find yourself stumbling one of the first things you want to do is say God you're not the author of stumbling so something's not right what's going on here now Christian I got some news for you that may rattle your teeth. God always judges sin. He'll forgive you, He'll redeem you, but if you shot somebody, you'll still go to the electric chair. You say, well, I I know of Christians who didn't. I do too. Thank God there is that kind of mercy. But I'm telling you, the rule is, if you do it, you pay for it. Cut your arm off and ask God to give you another one. See what happens. Teach your kids poisonous ways and see what they turn out to be. Allow, Christians, allow your kids to do things that they want to do, but you know they shouldn't. But they're making so much noise, it's easier to let them do it. And then see what you get later. Let me tell you, you never stop being a parent, and you will get it back. So it's best for you to do it now. And if somebody else doesn't like the way you are restricting your children or training your children you tell them they don't have to answer to god for what your children do they do you do and so you're going to have to do what you feel is best because you've been praying about it and this is what you feel you want to do and listen you want to be responsible for my kid's Talk to god maybe he'll transfer ownership God has some good news. And here it is. And this has to do with the Scripture. Remember it said, L- bring her back and love her again. Remember the Scripture? Here it is. God always shows mercy to a repentant heart. Always. He'll even help you pay the price for, your, for what you did. He'll help you pay the price. It's amazing. You ran the light. You knew you shouldn't. You got a ticket. And God somehow helps you to get the money to pay the bill. He does it. I don't know why He does it. I wouldn't. But He does. He always shows mercy to a repentant heart who is depending on God and who is changing their direction. You say, well, I haven't changed too much, but I'm determined to. Well, that determined to is the thing that God looks for. Because if you're determined to, it will happen. Now, we don't want to allow ourselves to be deceived into thinking that I just don't have much talent at all... And it's so insignificant and so little can come of it, it's just not worth trying. My part is so small, it's worthless. And we hear that from time to time. I can't do much, so, you know, I'm gonna leave it up to somebody else. Now that's not, that doesn't work with God because the rule of life is, If you use what you got, you get more. Now that's true even if you don't serve the Lord. In fact, that's true if you serve Satan. Did you know that if you serve Satan, you can serve Satan better tomorrow? I don't recommend it. But it's a rule of life. Whatever you do, whatever you give, you will get more of. I'd like to tell you that that just applied to money and you need to give $3 million to the church, but that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says if you take what you have and use what you have, give what you have, develop what you have, you'll be given more. The only way to keep a gift is to use it. Do you know that the Bible Clearly, clearly, clearly says, Don't use your gift, I'll take it away. Now, in summarizing, here's what I want to tell you this morning, or what God, I think, wants to tell you. A Christian who lives on the margin, who refuses to do the work of the Lord, is going to discover that there's a day when it's too late to avoid the painful consequences. Because God has promised painful consequences if you don't do what he wants you to do. Yeah, he has. Christians who refuse to repent and make needful changes for too long, Now we're talking about the part where it can actually go from darkness to sinful results. They're in danger of never repenting. Have you heard Christians say, Oh, you don't like that. I've done that all my life. And God still loves me. Well, yeah, He still loves you. But let me tell you, He don't like what you're doing. And you're going to pay for it. And they're also in danger in stumbling through what could have been for their lives an eternally productive life into a life that is unproductive for God and does not know the guiding voice of God. And if they continue in these lackluster ways, they are in danger of returning to old familiar ways and thinking. And if they continue beyond that, they will actually revert to an unrepentant heart, which is in sole danger of rejecting the Savior whom they once loved. I do not believe in eternal salvation. I believe it's very difficult to get to the place I just described because of the work of the Holy Spirit who never gives up. But I believe you can do that. You can get to the place where you knew the good news and you had it, but because of living rebelliously and living your own way and refusing to live the way God is telling you, you can eventually get to the place where you just reject what Christ has done for you. Now, let me tell you, just so you don't get scared, if you're still worried about living for Jesus, you're not there yet. People who are concerned about living for Jesus or or maybe not living the way they should be for Jesus are not in that place. They are in the place where the Holy Spirit is still able to get to them and say, Hey! Straighten up! Now, the pain of consequences can be minimized. You know, like, if I tell daddy quickly enough that I did do it, he won't spank me as much. Well, that's a fact. If you will come to the Lord quickly and determine to change your action, you can minimize the consequences. Because consequences increase with the length of your rebellion. The intensity of them. And the good news, if they're... Well, there is good news. The good news about troubles and pain and waiting is that in ways that you can't imagine, things that are beyond our understanding, and through the trouble and travail of judgment and its consequences, God brings blessing to those who want to follow him. Well, I don't understand why I'm going through what I'm going through. Well, there's lots of reasons beyond what I'm telling you about today about why we go through troubles and pain and waiting. But this is one of the chief things about troubles and pain and waiting. And it is this, that we have not done what we're supposed to do for the Lord. It's not the only reason there's lots more preaching, you can't preach the whole Bible in in 40 minutes but I'm telling you that one of the biggest problems we human beings have is not doing what God's asked us to do say, well, are you talking about teaching a Sunday school class? Well, I am talking about you not teaching a Sunday school class, but I'm talking about a lot more than that. I'm talking about the fact that you weren't supposed to say what you said, or you weren't supposed to go where you went, or you were supposed to do something, and you said, ah, no, I'm not going to do it. Something like that. Those are even more common than the fact that you don't work in the church. By the way, we need Sunday school teachers bad, and if you'd like to be one, we'd sure like to have you... Let us know because we've got a place for you. Hosea 3.1 I've, I've rewritten it in my own words. This is not inspired of God. This is just Nathan. Go and get your wife again. Bring her back to you and love her for the Lord still loves her even though she offered herself to other gods. Or you could put your own name in there. And the Lord saying to you, I want you to come back. I still love you. I know what you've been doing. I know very well what you've been doing. But I still love you and I want you to come back. But you must come back. You must come back. God uses trouble and pain and waiting to remind us to work for Him. He uses it also to remind us of what we have and what we can have in Him. And He also uses troubles and pain and waiting to improve our relationship with Him. You see, you say, oh, I've got so many problems. Oh my goodness, I got so many problems. Did you know that the end result of those problems in God's Economy and he's in charge, is for you to be blessed. How can that go to me? I don't know. But that's what God said, so that's what is. Say, so, well, I don't want to change the way I'm living. <laughs> And I got news for you, you got pain, and you got trouble, and you got consequences, and you got waiting until you say, okay God, I give up, I'll do it your way. If you find yourself living on the margins of uselessness, repent and find the strength in God to change the way you're living. So, that sounds so easy. I know it's not easy, but that's still what you gotta do. And if you find yourself in unshakable consequences of sin, repent! Change your way! You will discover that God will sustain you and fulfill His promises to meet every need you have. Even though I messed up? Yes, even though you messed up. And if you find yourself not using His talents for His glory and your growth in Christ, you need to repent and guess what? Start using them. Well, I haven't used it in such a long time. I don't know God. Yes, He will. If you will start. He will bless it. Well, I don't think I'll have much effect. I don't either. But God says he would do something special with you. If it was up to me, I would put an eraser and race you out. But it's not up to me. On, I'm so glad it's not up to me. It's up to Him. You know, the little that you start doing will will accomplish incredible things that you can't imagine. Some things of which you won't even know about until you get to glory. Do you know my mom and dad raised me to be a Christian? My mom and dad travailed over me to to not be rebellious because I came to Christ when I was a little kid, and then as I grew up, I you know I thought about things and. I heard things and I thought about doing it this way and that way. My parents kept praying. And my mom and dad are dead. But did you know that I'm still preaching the gospel? I hope they know it. And I don't know that they do or not. But one day I'm going to see them. I'm going to tell them. If they don't know, they will know. That because of them and my Aunt Ruth and my... Uncle Amandus and, and my, my grandfather Pierce, because of that, I'm serving God to the best of my ability and trying to do it better. <clears throat> and you've got the same testimony of to you. It doesn't have to be what I... You can say it. You know that song, uh, Sharon sang it, was it last week or the week before? Uh, Thank you for giving to the Lord. Boy, that was super. Thank you for giving to the Lord. I'm so glad that you gave. Listen, you give to God, He'll take that little thing you got and He'll just blow it. You can't even imagine what he'll do with it. In ways beyond your imagination, in ways that you cannot understand, God will use the things that are occurring in your life to bring forth his glory. So well I thought that because I was in this mess, I was going to, have to be in this mess forever, and I didn't think God could ever do anything with me. And oh boy, I'm tired of you and I, I'm sure sorry, but here I am and I can't do nothing. That's a lie start doing it today, you'll find out that it will still do great things for God. Though I have such regrets that I've been doing it for the last 25 years, is that going to stop you from doing it for the next 25 years? Come on! Start! It's the nature of his heart, no matter how indolent you are, Indolence means, I'm not going to tell you. Go home and look it up. Let me put it another way. No matter how bullheaded you are. How's that? You know what that means. If you'll stop and come back, He'll love you again. Feed you at His table. Give you the things you need for your daily life. Help you to be a blessing to yourself and to your kids and to everybody around you. Because it's His plan to use you to bring Him glory and to cause you to be blessed. Blessed. So what are you going to do today? Are you going to decide, well, you know, I'm not too sure how, but I guess God knows how I can. I'm going to start doing it for the Lord. Or perhaps you're even earlier than that. Okay, well, alright, I guess I need to stop and come back. Boy, do you need to come back. Now let me tell you, you don't have to guess about it. You need to come back. Or maybe you're not a Christian at all. And you haven't started out. What you need to decide today is to trust the fact that Jesus Christ died for your sins. And That he wants to guide you through the rest of your life. And he wants to take your dirty old sow's ear and turn it into a silk purse. For those who aren't old enough to know that saying, here it is. He'll take a sow's ear and make a silk purse out of it. You don't relate to that, do you? Not old enough. But he'll take you and make you into something that is very useful for his kingdom. But you have to make that decision. You have, If you're a Christian and you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, you need to make the decision, God, I don't know quite how to do it your way. I know how not to do it your way. But I want to do it your way and I want you to guide me because I'm making a decision today. I'm going to do it your way. And what you need to do is say to God, I don't know how to do it, but I'm going to do it your way. God, I, I, I don't know how to do it. You may need to say it to yourself a hundred times a day. God, I'm not too sure how to do it, but I'm going to do it your way and I want you to guide me. And you'll find yourself doing a little bit here and doing a little bit there. And you'll look back and say, Hey, you know what? I am doing different. If you're a Christian who's serving the Lord, I want you to know something. If you come across a time when you're having trials and troubles and I'm waiting, you need to investigate this first. This is one of the first things you want to investigate. Unless the Lord tells you what to do right off, which He does that sometimes, you need to say, God, am I not doing something You want me to do? You know, I'm pretty hard-headed. and I, don't, I, I Show me, because I don't like it here. I want to be where You can bless me, God. I don't like this darkness thing. I want to be walking the way you want me to walk. Would you stand as a closing prayer? Now, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you can either come up here and I'll lead you to the Lord, or you, you can just pray right where you are. Whatever is going to make it real for you, you need to do that. If it takes you uh, coming in front of all of the people who you think are watching you, and coming down here and surrendering to Jesus, then you're just going to have to do that. But if it just is a matter of you lifting up your arms and say, I surrender all, I choose you today, you need to do that. But you need to do it. And if you're messing around with God on the margins, you need to say, God, I'm tired of living over here. I want to live with you. I want to be doing what you want me to do. I'm going to pray for you, and then I want you to pray for yourself. We'll sing something, and while we're singing, you can pray for yourself. While others sing, you can be praying. Lord Jesus, I come to you right now for each one here. Because at one point or another, we all need to hear this message. For those who are not your, yet your children, have not chosen you as the one who paid the penalty for their sins and who will guide them for their lives, then today, move in their heart that they will surrender to you. Saying to you, I choose Jesus. I will serve you, Lord. Today, lead them, Lord, in that decision. And for those of us who need to take this message deep down inside and say, I'm going to do more tomorrow than I did today because I'm going to listen closer, listen better, and and be quicker to respond to the Holy Spirit. For all of us who are saying that, we ask you to bless our desire with the, the ability of the Holy Spirit so that we will accomplish that. And put our flesh under and allow our spirit man to reign with Christ. We ask you to minister to each one according to their need today. And so when they leave, they can take this with them. and Be with them all week and all month and all year. Now Lord, anything that's not of you, just let that die. But anything that is of you, cause it to be flowering. Cause it to grow. Cause it to produce seed that will be cast into other others' lives to bring forth your glory.